Welcome to the Spawn Chunks, episode number 21 for Monday, January 7th, 2019. My name is Johnny, but my New Year's resolution is to be more pixel riffs, and joining me as always <laughs> is Joel Duggan. Hello, Joel. How are you? Happy New Year, sir. How is it going to you? I, I'm doing great. Uh, feeling fantastic after being sick for like a week. Yeah, dude. It's it's definitely that time of year. Everybody's getting snuffly. Uh, everyone's getting head colds rough. and sinus things. And yeah. yeah. Every, you know, I love the holidays. I love food. I like eating. I like visiting with family. But ultimately, there's a lot of sitting around. And I feel like there's a correlation between too much inactivity and getting sick and <laughs> i'm a pretty active dude so yeah. when i'm on my butt for a long time uh i tend i tend to feel it uh in the form of either a cold or something so if, i if caught it i got rid of it i was victorious but never again <laughs> yeah yeah if, if you stay still for long enough the stuff sneaks up on you it's like he's right? resting yeah. now time to get it's it like a cave, like a cave spider you know <laughs> from behind. topical yes so what have you uh been up to in minecraft since we last spoke uh, quite a lot, it turns out. Yeah, um, the survival guide series has kind of taken over my life. I've been trying Dude, my you're best. A to, monster. Yeah, I've I've been trying <laughs> to put my best to put it out like five days a week because I know over Christmas a lot of people have a lot of free time, so it's it's something people can watch. And I've really been getting into just explaining things. There's something very kind of fulfilling for me about sharing knowledge. A while ago for work, I did like a personality type test thing, and. It turns out I was one of those people who really likes to know everything about something and then tell everybody all the stuff I know. There's probably some kind of egotistical thing in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it turns out I, I, I've really been enjoying making like these little videos. A lot of the time, they're not particularly expansive in scope. I don't tend to build like an entire village in an afternoon. You know, I'm, ten I'm going in on like very specific details of stuff, which I think is why a lot of them lately have been little redstone projects rather than being you know, big builds or anything like that. But the whole series has been going very well. And my latest adventures include doing auto-sorted and filtered storage, which is something I've actually never done before, really. I've done little pieces of it here and there. I've used oh. an item filter in, like, another contraption, but I've never really put together, like, a chain of hoppers that distributes everything amongst chests and auto-filters it. I've never really used systems like that. I've always gone with, like, manual sorted stuff. So... Right. Uh, not only was I building that for the first time, I was also having to explain it as though I knew what I was doing, <laughs> which I think came across pretty well. But um, cool. yeah, in, in the how end, did the how did the end result go? It, it's it's working. It's working pretty well. And right now, I only have it set up for basic building materials, things like stone and granite and everything that I'm going to dig out of the ground in the local area, right. um, because right. I don't have I haven't got an iron farm or anything set up yet, and that's one of the goals I think for January is to do that oh cool but mm -hmm. i don't have enough iron to make hoppers to basically make it like all the all the blocks and items and stuff and all the variations right. on those. so yeah. right now i'm just storing like i've got the basic wood types laid out and i'm storing them in there as logs but then the manual storage is all of the stuff that i make out of the logs, so all of the planks and trap doors and stairs and everything like that right i wish that i wish there was a, a way to sort stuff by type like yeah, you know, if, like if, if it was if just it was like all the wood stuff block, goes in this way. Yeah, or yeah. all the wood types, you could just put them into one one area. Like I, I realize that gets a little bit meta, and it's not really you yeah know, in game <laughs> stuff. But it would be there's probably a mod out there that that looks at that kind of stuff. But. Oh yeah, I'm sure there is. There's there's definitely stuff yeah. that in um 
some of the Sky Factory mods I, I was working with, there was ways to filter items whether they had enchantments or not, and things like that. You could like oh, cool. ignore NBT data or not. So there was like a lot of a lot of stuff you can tinker with there. But yeah, in today's episode, I converted a triple spawner. It's my first time doing a cave spider spawner as well. Um, so that was another cool technical project, but spawners is definitely my wheelhouse. That's the stuff I've been doing since like decidedly vanilla season two. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty keen on those. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of building here and there as well, but lots of, lots of little projects and yeah, the reception for that series has been great. So anybody who's listening to this and also watches the survival guide, thank you so much. Cause it's, it's definitely given me a lot of energy, a lot of motivation going into the new year for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy the, the bits that I've seen. I keep on meaning to go back and watch that Redstone one um, just because I'm sure it's like b both entertaining but also kind of like cool to look at it from like, I don't want to say a, a a new perspective or a new person's perspective, but like for someone that doesn't build a lot of technical stuff, it would be kind of cool to see how your mind approaches it. Yeah. Because the more that I've played and gotten to know some people, uh, played the game and gotten to know some people in the community, the more I'm realizing is... I just happen to watch a lot of technical Minecrafters. Most of the people I run into are builders. Like most of the people out there, they like, what's this magic redstone stuff? They have <laughs> yes. like zero idea how it works and just don't touch it ever. Yeah. I'm like, guys, this <laughs> this could be so useful. Yeah. Like uh, one of the first things I did on on the realm of Aston when I when I joined, and there's videos on this, uh, is I put in a bulk sorting system for because they're doing some big digs and it was just like look you can fire everything that you mine under the earth into this chest and water stream and it'll just all get sorted and because we're using you know a custom pack where andesite and diorite are actually usable blocks it's important to kind of collect all this kind of stuff because andesite and diorite are more rare than you think yeah um you feel like you have a lot of it in most of your you know single player survival worlds because most people are playing with the default packs and they're not super useful all the time um but it like people on the server like i don't even know how you did this joel like this i was like guys you guys can <laughs> minecraft circles around me how does like this is not it's not overly complicated but i find that kind of stuff so satisfying and i think that's something that's so cool about doing spawning uh, uh or spawner farms early in in your survival uh series is that they're probably the simplest redstone project because it's most it's like there's a little bit of redstone for lamps but mostly it's digging in water right? yeah it, a lot of it's it is mostly, more kind of technical and like understanding yeah. the mechanics of that kind of stuff rather than redstone in particular because yeah. i find that like circuitry and gadgets and stuff like that can get a little overcomplicated. but i thrive on the technical stuff almost as much as i do the building so yeah, yeah i yeah. i think i'm starting to aim towards becoming a bit more of an all-rounder i always identified as a builder but now i'm looking at folks like azuma and tango tech people who mm -hmm. are like incredible builders in their own right but also have a really deep technical knowledge of the game and so i feel like that's where i'm heading towards lately not going to compare myself to these giants of minecraft just yet but i think i'm yeah i'm headed yeah. in that direction and that beca and then it becomes a creative challenge as well because then you are looking at this technical thing that you've built and you're like okay well this is really ugly yeah. <laughs> like now i can put on my my builder hat and say how can i make this contraption that i just made look pretty and exactly that's, that's something that i really enjoy about how can too. i how can i disguise it and pretend it's not what yeah. it is yes yeah. so uh how about you you said you'd uh, been a little bit ill over the holidays does that mean minecraft was off the table for you uh well it was off the table in the fact that i 
I had to work over the holidays. I had a sale going on in my publishing company's online store. So I had to monitor that, you know, the, the typical boxing week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working half days, but unfortunately with a head cold, that was about all the time in the studio I could manage. So even though sure, I yeah. wanted to play Minecraft, I was just like, oh, like I just, I need to get out of here. You just can't and concentrate like, like, at that point. Lay yeah. down, <laughs> excuse me, or, or do anything like that. So, um, when I did have time, it was short. It was not long enough to stream. I couldn't stream. This is my problem is that I really wanted to take advantage of the holidays, people having some downtime and try to, to stream more, gather some more you know, followers on Twitch and engage more with the community. And when you can't talk for five seconds without sniffing or coughing, mm-hmm. then it really kind of like, God, I would not want to listen to me right now. So I had to, I had to not stream. Uh, and so I didn't play that much. What I did play was more of the uh, arduous tasks of uh, populating a large sugarcane field purely for aesthetics. It's, we're not going to farm it. It's just it's just for looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had started it on some of my streams um, previously uh, on Twitch, but uh, right now it's just it's just a matter of now filling in the giant hole that I have kind of outlined. Like this is where the sugarcane farm is going to be, and now it's like I have to actually plan all of it. Yeah. Um, and um, we're also expanding. Uh, we're expanding the meadows, uh, Dartmouth Meadows, on the Citadel South, and so. After talking with some people on the realm of Vastin and some of our frustrations while we've been working there, uh, we've realized that people are just anxious to build, but we don't know where. And everything was sort of like dependent on like where the tree is and where the castle is. And it all kind of goes out like ripples in a pond. And what we were discovering is that we have to sort out where the waterways are and where the roads are. And then people can get creative in like how can they you know squeeze their build into the place where they want to put it. And so that's what, something I've decided to do on the Citadel is like, okay, rather than building, you know, something first and then building a road to it, let's just build a road. Let's, let's just say like, where would a logical place for a road be? And, and let's do that. So I've, I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, and it's, uh, it's not, I, I don't want to say it's boring because I, it's still something that I, I want to make look good. And I think it's important to kind of take a look at that aspect of Minecraft. It's like some of these big builds that you see, these monstrous cities and stuff, they wouldn't be nearly as good if the roads were not placed in a way that when you go around a corner, it reveals, you know, a farm or, yeah. or you go around, go around a cliffside and it reveals the castle that you cannot see before you're around that corner. So there's thought that goes into the roads that, that I'm trying to articulate in some of the stuff I'm doing. It also means that with shorter play sessions and, you know, with, with not a lot of time, it becomes easy to kind of go in, not have to think about what I'm building. I'm just extending the road and, and going beyond that. Um, the challenge that I'm going to put forth myself, I've been using path block just because it's easy to mark where it goes, but I do not want to leave these path block. I want to change them to something else because most of the meadows has been path block. So I want, I want to, and it suits it, uh, but I want to expand that to like either stone and gravel or, you know, um, coarse dirt and wood planks and just trying to make some, you know, vary it up a little, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but really... On both worlds, that's what I've been doing. It's been building roads. It's incredibly satisfying, I have to say. Like you can put in forty minutes of of time and just if you're not thinking about the materials, you're not texturing anything. You're just putting down the lines, the width of the road, and the path, and you can get a lot done if you're just head down and and going at it, you know, and thinking about curves and stuff. Yeah. When and I so when I dropped into your stream the other day, you were doing a road going towards a village, and you'd. You, it looked like you had some different like coarse dirt textures and stuff as well. So have you started kind of mix and matching some of the texture pack stuff from Vastin and using that in the Citadel now? 
Yeah, so what I did was I talked to Jermsey Boy, who did the uh, Little Taste of Vastin texture pack that we all use on Vastin, uh, because I do I do really enjoy it now that I'm getting used to it. Um, there are some things about it that I feel like are only suited for Vastin, uh, yeah. in terms of like, you know, a very different texture for diorite, or a very different texture for, I'm trying to think about one thing that you just wouldn't be able to use. Um, for example, like uh, rails uh, are, are chains and ropes you know, as opposed uh -huh. to rails because they, they don't typically use them or no activator rails. So stuff like that is not something I would want to incorporate on this at all because I'm trying to keep it pretty much vanilla. Yeah. And, but and I in, did the, this... in the cases that you want to use like modern builds and stuff, Vastin's concrete wouldn't necessarily work out for you because it's a very medieval focused pack, right? And that's fine. Yeah. Like, and, that, and that's what I mean. So I wanted to have more of a, a variation happening on the Citadel. So what I did was I talked to Jermsey Boy and I asked him like, look, if I, can I steal some of the textures that I like from your stuff? I'll give you credit to my YouTube videos and whatever. And it's like, as long as that's okay, I don't want to, you know, step on your, on your toes. He's like, no, dude, that's fine. Like, absolutely. So I'm, I'm stealing less than I thought. I thought I was going to be like, just, oh, I just, I like his coarse dirt and I'll just take all of it. And then I realized like, well, I like it, but I like it on Vastin and it doesn't necessarily work when you're only bringing in one texture yeah, or two sure. textures. It's not you know? necessarily going to be cohesive with what's already there in default Minecraft. No, yeah. but I'm learning, I'm learning more coding and I'm learning a little bit more about how, um, variations work in textures so you can have like you know coarse dirt one two three four and then you can weight them as to how often you have them prop up so what i thought i would do is is um the coarse dirt texture actually has some stones in it like small like you know five pixel wide four pixel wide uh rocks and what i did was i dialed everything back so he like germsy has got everything everywhere and it's very it's very cool but it just didn't jive with the default minecraft so what i did was i dialed the weight of things back from like 50 or 60% to like 10 or 15. Mm -hmm. So like out of your 10 blocks, you know, three or four of them are going to have a couple of stones or a couple of pebbles. And I wanted to do this coarse dirt path stuff. And I just feel like it just adds us a little bit more. Uh, I also want to try to get into some overlays, which again, makes my game look better, but doesn't break it for other people that aren't using the texture pack. So like if people eventually when I do a, a download of the Citadel, people can load it up and it's not going to look like crap. Like mm -hmm. it'll still look like the coarse dirt is where it's supposed to be. And the path block is where it's supposed to be in mine. The grass might have a fuzzy edge to it, but you know, it's not, it's not really the end of the end of the world. Um, so that's the challenge that I've kind of laid out for myself in terms of the textures and things is that I want to, um, I want to try and use them, but use them in the way that's like just just a personal tweak, and it doesn't really create a barrier for other people. Like I'm not using end stone in my paths because I've made it into like you know rocks and twigs, you yeah. know, or something like that. Yeah, and then yeah. somebody that comes in is like, why is there pink or uh, yellow stone <laughs> in the middle <laughs> in the middle of your dirt path? So I'm trying to do stuff like that, but mostly I'm just thinking about lines and kind of like the big picture. So. Right now, it's a, a lot of setup, but I think it'll pay off in the end. Because what I'm noticing is that if I go ahead and put the infrastructure, like if you build it, they will come. Uh, I've noticed that people are starting to push south and build new things and kind of expand out of like just digging holes, which is great if they're playing. But as you walk around the meadows, when everybody's building underground, you can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's nice to now um, walk this long north-south running meadow and see like the inn on the bridge and the staircase and then the sugarcane path. And then you've got, there's a new church that Matt Cast built. He replaced the church in the... Um, in the village for we had a little christmas exchange on the server so uh most of us were just kind of doing things for for cosmic dancer who's a new who's new on the citadel 
and so got her another portal and you know built her a church and i think alistair dropped off a bunch of torches and like just a bunch of stuff that you know will make her building easier and so um it's nice to have that kind of refresh happening on the server because to be honest the citadel much like i think you've expressed about decidedly vanilla uh was pretty slow this fall outside of me like i'm always playing but but i think a lot of people just had getting ready for christmas and you know things are you know working but now that the winter is here i think we're going to see a little bit more activity which is which is good yeah a lot of lot of long dark evenings for people to be uh playing minecraft in <laughs> yeah although hey the days are getting longer again finally point that out <laughs> <laughs> the, the the clock burning is now past us Yes, I didn't get to go to that this year, which is kind of a shame. But uh, oh, yeah, we, too bad. We, we were just too busy like packing up and making sure we had everything for our trip north. So uh, yeah, another time perhaps. It happens every year, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll catch it next time. But uh, we should probably move on to the news because we've been chatting about our our Minecraft happenings for a little while. Let's take a look at the news. But there isn't really a great deal of news today. We were talking a little bit in the pre-show about this and how. Like when everyone else takes a Christmas holiday, Mojang takes a Christmas holiday as well. So we haven't seen as any. They new... should. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's a healthy set of game developers. There is like taking mm-hmm. adequate breaks, especially over Christmas. So yeah, we haven't had any new snapshots. Um, Dinnerbone has mentioned that uh, Adrian Ostergaard, Adrian IVL, Adrian underscore IVL on Twitter is going to be handling snapshot news this week if there is any. Uh, but we haven't had anything up until we've recorded this show. So we thought we would take a look at something a little bit different and something I meant to bring up in the last episode, the last episode of the of 2018. But uh, we, we ended up dealing mainly with chunk mail and stuff. Um, and that is Hytale. Hytale is, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, the first original game developed by Hypixel Studios, which is a game development offshoot of the Hypixel server, the basically the largest and most popular Minecraft minigame server. And I'm not, I don't have any specific numbers to back that up. Haven't done my research on that one, sadly. But I'm fairly certain Hypixel is the first name anybody thinks of when it comes to minigame servers, especially on Java Edition. But I think they also now have a public server you can join for Bedrock Edition as well. Um, so Hytale is uh, i mean it, it's it's in development so we've just now seen a trailer for it they're sort of releasing development blogs on their website about what the game is going to be like and it looks to many people that it's heavily inspired by minecraft it's got that kind of voxel based aesthetic everything is kind of cubey and cartoony uh but with strong rpg elements there's a little bit more character customization in there and it seems like there are elements like that essentially what people have been asking from minecraft for a while elements of like a modding api built into it so there are ways of altering character models and enemy models and adding in new weapons for yourself and stuff like that there are going to be community-based servers basically a lot of people are thinking it's going to be sort of like a competitor to minecraft which is a little strange considering that hypixel has built its success on making minecraft minigames but they're actually taking some of those games putting them into hytale reskinning them and it's not based on minecraft's engine at all it's a completely built from the ground up engine as far as i'm aware so right. I've been looking into this, I've been following them on Twitter, and they, they there was an article in Edge magazine, which is kind of the first press coverage of Hytale, that says, Hypixel's first original game shows that the Minecraft generation has come of age. And that's the way I've been looking at this, kind of more of a kind of, hey, these people have grown up playing Minecraft, or they've kind of established themselves in the gaming space through playing Minecraft, let's see what they can do next. It feels like more of a, a positive development than looking at it from a competitive angle versus Minecraft, because I think as far as Minecraft goes, it's pretty unkillable, I think, considering the yeah. amount of, of players it has, the amount of people it reaches, the amount of platforms it's available on. 
I don't think Hytale really needs to set itself up as a competitor. There is room for a game like Hytale in the market. Um, so that's what I, I wanted to say that up front, just because I know a lot of people are going to be, you know, seeing this as a bit of a contentious topic, considering that, yeah, it's it's another blocky game from people who have got a reputation for working with Minecraft and kind of doing fun stuff in Minecraft for them to suddenly make a game that feels like a competitor is a bit of a mm. weird move. But I don't think that's necessarily their their thing. Have you had a chance to take a look at Hytale much? So I've seen the trailer. I've done a little bit of research just because I, I enjoy the art style that they're putting out there. Yeah. Uh, and I recently just watched a video by uh, Hex Regulus, I believe is the YouTube um, YouTuber uh, link. I'll have that in the show notes as well. Uh, and what I like so much about that is like much to much to kind of compliment the way that you just kind of introduced the, the news topic. He takes a very balanced calm <laughs> look yeah. at the game he just asks questions and is curious about things there's so much that we don't know uh that you can't just kind of like take your you know uh minecraft killer expectations and you know yeah. throw them on there and that's what i liked about it so much and that's why i wanted to promote it is that because it wasn't it wasn't a hype video it wasn't a you know the title of it was like let's just take a look at hightail you yeah know? Not, not like and is this minecraft 2 it's like guys, exactly, it, it, exactly it can be a different game you don't have to like yeah. imagine everybody is poaching everybody else's territory when they develop games well i mean in the gaming industry everybody's doing it like everybody is trying to get your eyeballs every even developers i mean you take a big developer like blizzard when they have world of warcraft and then they launch something like heroes of the storm they're dividing their own player base as yeah. to what game they put attention on like it doesn't matter what game you release it's always competing for eyeballs right so that's always a thing mm-hmm. uh but what i what i think is so interesting about this and i had my own kind of gut reaction to this and i just bit my tongue because i didn't know enough uh, but I was like, wow, this looks a lot like Minecraft. And the artist in me and the person that understands, you know, IP and copyright and all that kind of stuff kind of thought to myself, like, how can they get away with this? Like, mm-hmm. it looks it looks not just similar, like it looks really similar to Minecraft. And then I realized it's like, well, voxels aren't copywritten. Like yeah, you, no, exactly. it's a, it's a It's a way of making a game. It's not necessarily content like there's they're not there's no creepers there's no enderman there's no you know like it's they, they've i think they've differentiated themselves from minecraft to a point where they're like you know it's no more minecraft than oh what was that game that you were playing with the dinosaurs um pixar, pixar? Yeah. yeah yeah again pixar minecraft-esque only because minecraft came first mm-hmm. it's very similar to how um mmos are constantly compared to Warcraft because yeah. it, World of Warcraft was the first big one. It was the first worldwide sensation, and so everybody compares, you know, their MMO to it. Yeah, and that's going to happen. You can't avoid it, right? And because it's, it's the same kind of th- mindset that compares any battle royale game that's coming out to either Fortnite or PUBG. It's yeah, you know th- there are archetypes within this like in in this industry and there are stylistic touches within this industry that are kind of unavoidable like not not every pixel art game is you know your stardew valley or you know whatever exactly. like not not everything is super metroid it they they all they they can kind of take different stylistic touches from other games without them being heavily kind of copying stuff even minecraft itself yeah. started uh inspired by a game called infiniminer which if you look at it you'd think that looks like a screenshot of a really weird minecraft clone but it came first right. it's just a, first. it's a, a stylistic you know div- design if nothing else yeah yeah and so i mean i've, I've seen the trailer it, it looks really cool I, I i feel like it takes uh it takes minecraft to a place logically i shouldn't say it takes minecraft 
Hytale is taking their game logically to where a lot of places I would like to take Minecraft, but you can't because those capabilities are not there. Mm -hmm. Like unless, unless you want to mod it super, super heavily and I don't have those capabilities. So it's like, you know, you've got different weapons, you've got different mods, the players have elbows, like, you know, when a player is walking <laughs> through, there's, I mean, I, I have experience in animation. I used to work in television for, for like six years. So there's a shot in that trailer where there's a person walking with a staff up along a Mesa cliffside. Looks like kind of like a Grand Canyon type scene. And like everything from their ankles to their knees to their hips are all animated and moving. And yes, it's blocky and it's fine because that's the aesthetic they're going for. But it looks good. Like yeah. the, the, the immersion is so much higher because it's not like the, the little two-leg twitch um, treadmill thing that you see in, in a lot of current Minecraft animation, right? So uh, to me, it's like, okay, yeah, that that is looking pretty sweet. Uh, so it, it draws me in with the art style. Uh, there's a lot of really cool weapons. The mobs, like, here's where the MMO player in me starts to come out. Like, man, like the dragons and the beasts and the trolls and the, like all these things still blocky, but it's like you just it, up the resolution of the models. The textures are still pixely, but but it so it has that nice retro vibe but then yeah. it also has like a you know not to, i know that computer is probably going to having a lot more you know capabilities and stuff like that but it looks like a mobile game on steroids right mm -hmm. like it looks like the simplicity that they used to have to do for mobile because that's where the limitations were of the processors but now they're like well if we keep it simple but make it look really good then we can make it huge and it's not going to tax your system yeah. Right, so I feel like a lot of players are going to be able to experience this in a great way without having to have the latest, greatest gaming machine. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's how they're going to reach the the same sort of market as a lot of these other games like Minecraft. Mm -hmm. This kind of like you know almost all ages market. So much of that is based on tablet gaming and mobile phone gaming to the extent where if i look at my youtube statistics just looking at how many people have watched my videos more than half of it is people watching on tablets or or mobile phones i'd say about oh, yeah. 75 percent of it is mobile devices as a broad category so yeah they've 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 probably you know out of necessity got to make it available for different devices like that in order to reach a wider audience so yeah, yeah the, the aesthetic is kind of built in in that way but yeah i'm i'm interested in it as a content creator i'm interested in it in much the same way as i am minecraft dungeons it looks like an interesting way to expand yeah. into games that are going to hook in the same sort of people that minecraft does but with a completely different gameplay focus and it seems like it's taking on a sort of sandboxy approach but with more questing and more kind of like you know npc driven stuff like that which is something that games like Pixar sort of lacked. There were little computers that gave you missions, but there wasn't kind of like, there weren't people to talk to in the world. And, you know, right. other other voxel-based games might have them. I think Cube World was one that was around for a while that has now kind of disappeared a little bit that had more kind of a questing focus to it and less, you know, landscape-changing stuff. So, yeah, other games like this exist and are out there and have been tried and tested. And a lot of the time, sometimes they they fail, sometimes they stand the test of time and stick around for a little bit longer. It will be yeah. interesting to see which way Hytale goes. Yeah, my concern going into it, again, knowing as, as much as anybody else knows, because you've got the press releases and you've got the blogs and that's kind of it. Uh, but as far as the gameplay and how they separate that out, uh, a lot of the questions that Hex Regulus brought up in his YouTube video are the same questions that I had. It was like, well, cool that you can build in this world, but can you build while you're playing adventure or are they separate? Yeah. Yeah. You know? is, it, is it like a kind of building creative mode sort of thing that's separate from 
yeah whatever survival rpg style thing they have going on yeah and hey i mean that's fine i mean if it's a creative mode where you can go in and build an entire adventure map as like huge adventure maps uh, and then release that to friends or public or you know have it on your server yeah then like that's cool you know and and that's going to have a very specific audience uh if you cannot build while you're in adventure mode or you can't break blocks then then i think like well your fears of you know attaching or att- attacking the minecraft base is probably nil because mm-hmm. you, like you're, you're not on the same field you're you're it's a similar looking game but it's a different game play um and there's a lot of obviously there's a mention of minigame stuff which i know nothing about i mini games are just things that i have not gotten into in minecraft mainly because i don't find the controls and moving around and doing that kind of gameplay in Minecraft to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, call me old, <laughs> whatever <laughs> you want. Um, but I just, for example, like parkour in Minecraft in first person, no. Yeah, Put yeah, me in yeah. front of like a Mario side scroller, I'm there. But mm-hmm. like th- this, the the jumping from platform to platform in Minecraft, forget it. It's just, it's not, to me, it was never meant to do that. So it, it doesn't seem like it's the best way to <laughs> utilize, quote, waste my time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to complete that kind of stuff. Um, but in some of the trailer in the Hightail stuff, there's what looks like a much better third person view, similar to like those games like... Um, trying to think about something that I've played on like a PlayStation. Maybe, I mean, it's it's more of an adult game, but like, you know, Assassin's Creed, when you've got that third person kind of like sort of behind. Yeah, it's, behind it's like the, the o- over the shoulder kind of. Over the shoulder, kind of thank thing. you. Yeah. 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 That to me is is a better way of dealing with something like sword fighting a mob or, or um, doing those kind of um, situations where you're going through an adventure map and maybe you have to avoid traps or trap yeah. doors or arrows and things like that because you're not and having you to look have... down at your feet all the time <laughs> exactly you don't have that camera over the shoulder thing in minecraft right now mm-hmm. so i feel i feel like if they've got that that's like oh sweet i can build first person because i'm a minecraft player and i'm used to that but when i have to deal with a troll one button and i can switch to you know over the shoulder mode and then it becomes like i can dodge and i can weave and i can see where this guy's you know throwing his sword and like that could be really fun i'm i've been itching for a game like this to play uh for a long time and like right now minecraft has got my attention but like i don't have like that adventure kind of like what's around every corner if it's open world like say an mmo and you've got like that kind of uh world generation happening like man like it it could be a really really cool opportunity for hightail i don't know how thin they're spreading themselves like it seems like it does a little bit of everything and in my experience games that do that tend to flounder like they they start off hot because everybody knows what they want and they can get in there but then after a while it's just like well it tries to do too much and they don't do it either they don't do one thing well enough to kind of really get their nails into players yeah so I, i'm not and again i'm not saying that about hightail i'm saying like well that could be a concern because like i have seen everything in this trailer from headphones and and modern stuff to uh it looks like a lot of the adventure mode looks like it might be a bit evil but then you've also got like space guns and stuff but like i don't know how much of that is modding in what different modes that's in so again i can't speak to it but uh it's it's really um it's really broad it it seems to me from the outside to lack focus but we know so little it's hard to say yeah yeah exactly and it's it has yet to be seen whether or not it has the kind of x factor thing that minecraft has where it's just got something right about it Mm -hmm. and it, it it becomes that kind of like you know almost 
household name kind of experience for everybody it's it'll be mm. interesting to see and considering it's their first game you know they have a little bit of license to get stuff wrong but they've really got to stick yeah. the landing on some of this stuff so yeah the fact also that, beta yes exactly and they've they've, they've got a, a you know the potential to generate a lot of hype right now because they're known within the minecraft community but it remains to be seen if they will do anything kind of kind of innovative with it it looks like they have, yeah. but we'll we'll see how the gameplay works out. I and wanna... I hope it does. Like uh, competition is always good for players, right? I yeah. mean, like when when games are are doing these kind of things, it just means that everybody across the spectrum has to up their game. Absolutely, yeah. And there is room for competition. I feel like so. It's, oh yeah. Hopefully, it's gonna gonna generate something healthy. And thinking of generating things and the generated landscapes we were talking about, I wanted to briefly touch on this. It's not so much news as something I found really cool from the community this week. And this is actually something I want to start doing a little bit more of in this uh in the podcast is just talking about fun stuff that we found each week maybe we can kind of like each bring something to the table where we found something cool from the community if we've got the time to browse that week but this is uh yeah. from from mc Pittman, the guy who made biome bundle uh is working on a new terrain mod and he posted a thing on reddit i've linked it in the show notes and he's just posted a screenshot saying this is the result of the last 12 months i've spent revamping terrain generation to look more like a generated landscape than a bunch of individual biomes that's a direct quote from the title of this reddit post because evidently the guy cares a whole lot about it and yeah like the screenshot he posted is beautiful it's a lovely kind of like sweeping forest landscape with rivers flowing through it and mountains in the distance a bunch of different types of trees different leaf colors and stuff like that the kind of stuff that we've seen happen in biome bundle before but it definitely does look like this this is all automatically generated it's not been sculpted in any way by hand other than the stuff that presumably he's had to build from scratch like the trees are kind of elements that just get dropped in but it's it's really pretty looking and I I kind of had mixed thoughts about this because I love Biome Bundle and I think it's great and this looks fantastic, but a lot of people were saying that, you know, for a start, the guy should be hired by Mojang and, you know, maybe he should be, but I feel like a lot of people who are calling for this to kind of be the way Minecraft terrain is generated naturally... I disagreed with, and I I mentioned this on Twitter, so anyone who's followed me on Twitter has probably heard this little rant already, but I kind of disagree that default Minecraft world should look like that, because I feel like default Minecraft should be kind of the closest to a blank canvas you can get. It kind of encourages players to shape the world around them. Like, looking at MC Pittman's screenshot, it looks absolutely beautiful, and I would not want to touch a block, and I think that's a bad thing. Right. about stuff like this it's it's like adding to somebody else's painting is how i put it on twitter like you, you've got this beautiful thing around you and yes you you can build like i would want to build like a log cabin i would build all kinds of log cabins in this landscape but then i would want to change some stuff around it and then i would be altering this thing that already looked kind of beautiful and i'd be scared about messing it up and i feel mm. like default minecraft shouldn't intimidate you into leaving the landscape as you found it it should hint at like what's possible but then leave it in the hands of the player to make that a reality. And I I ended this kind of whole thing on Twitter by saying default Minecraft should not be perfect. And I feel like that's potentially something that where games like Hytale or mods like this kind of miss out on the core thing about Minecraft is that everything is editable, should be editable, and while the game can contain some fascination, you can always create something better. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see, like, obviously, if people just want a, an adventure environment, if they want something like that to play in, then stuff like this 
absolutely knocks it out of the park. And I, I, I have to say that I am still very impressed by folks like MC Pittman, the whole kind of modding community and landscapers in general for what they do to make Minecraft look like this, because it does look absolutely incredible. But I'm just interested in what you think about how that affects your experience of Minecraft if the, the thing you generate in is this beautiful forest instead of just a flat plain with kind of, you know, bits of grass everywhere and some mountains in the distance. So, I mean, you're right. It looks phenomenal. I, I think for me, I land somewhere in between where I agree that I would, I mean, I have a problem with cutting down a forest in Minecraft now. Yeah. So, uh, and there's, there's a couple of clips from an old, old, uh, build that I, I posted on YouTube a long time ago. And it was like that I was, I was harvesting spruce, but I was planting and harvesting my own as opposed to cutting down the forest that was right there. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't have to wait for saplings. I could go clear cut if I wanted to, but I just didn't want to. And that, I mean, I'm a green person anyway. So that's just kind of like my mentality. So I know that I would have the same problem where it's like, I need wood, but I don't want to cut down that tree. That's really pretty. You know, like mm -hmm. yeah. I would have that issue. Um, however, if I knew that if I cut down that tree and then planted the sapling and the game would generate another tree that would look similar to that, yeah. of that quality, I would be less, you know, heartbroken about destroying the landscape. Um, but I do think that it does, like, something like this, you know, this image, and we'll have this in the show notes, um, does, like you say, push you to the other way or, like, you don't want to build in that area. Like, it's like when you go for a hike. When you go for a hike, you don't walk around going, huh, this would look really good as a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I really that wish they does built, not cross your mind. I really wish they built more houses up on this lovely mountain. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. that's the kind of thing that I think, you know, is, is definitely a problem. However, um, what I wish they would do was would be, would be for Mojang to make it easier for this kind of thing to be possible. So if yeah, you wanted to yeah. play the game like this, and rather than having it be a mod that he spent seven years working on that probably only works in 1.12 at the moment. Uh, Forge, I know, is coming for 1.13, but like there's no timeline on that. Mm -hmm. So you're always having to deal with this choice of like, do I play an old version of the game to have it look the way that I want? Or do I play the new version of the game, have it look like default Minecraft? And I have to then, because I want to use the new mechanics or the new features. So... I feel like if Mike, if Mojang made it easier for these kind of things to be implemented into the game, then I think that that would be a benefit to all. However, in terms of just the default Minecraft, I feel like something that does take me out of Minecraft and out of the default, um, I guess, wow of exploring the world is when things in Minecraft generated like mountains and um, floating things and like really odd looking stuff yeah like seeing this mountain in the back of this image doesn't make me not want to build stuff it makes me want to build stuff with that mountain in the background yeah and in minecraft i don't do that because that is a tedious survival thing that you'd have to build on your own and i don't find that appealing yeah even if i had all the time in the world i don't think i'd want to build a custom mountain like that because it's just like this just it would just be monotonous um pardon the pun and so I think, I think that that is something that they could pick up from things like this. Like, you know, how the, maybe not all the foliage and how pretty it all is, but even if you just strip all that away and just look at the topographical terrain generation, if Minecraft looked more like that, I think that it would, would be a nice balance between like, well, there's not these weird fissures and odd floating blocks and things, 
but there's a lot of potential to put things and nestle your builds and nestle your castles into the mountainside or uh you know build this cool bridge that that doesn't cut across an odd looking chasm but cuts across a beautiful grand canyon or yeah. you know that kind of thing i think there's there's a there's a balance between the two and then the people that want to build in a place like this you know if the mod was uh, available or if if this kind of terrain generation was easily accessible by uh vanilla minecraft players then i think that people could just play as they do now they would just play how they want yeah i think my my main thing looking at this and it's something that i've said about vanilla minecraft before is i really wish vanilla minecraft got um rivers right and actually had rivers that change elevation rather than having them all be at sea level and be flat yes. and i get mm -hmm. that like flowing water does look kind of awkward when you automatically generate it in minecraft and sometimes if you generate a water source then it doesn't immediately flow. Like we've all come across those occasional floating water sources that just haven't updated yet. And so they don't start mm -hmm. flowing and they just look like a single block of water in the world. And it's really weird. And I imagine that would be the case when it came to rivers and stuff, unless they revised the way the game's code worked, which might break other things in the code for all I know. But I would love it if rivers changed elevation and actually flowed down from the mountains to the sea in the way they do in the real world. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that maybe they've done in this mod, or maybe it's just like this particular river looks like it's more naturally generated with kind of river banks and, and everything and stones generating in the rivers and so forth. But it... Yeah, it's one of the things that breaks my immersion when it comes to imagining Minecraft as a realistic world, which clearly it's not, but that lends yeah. some kind of authenticity to you trying to build realistically. So yeah, there's there's some little things like that that I would add. But yeah, I, I'm happy with these being separate experiences for now. I'm happy with this being a mod and default Minecraft being what it is. And yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see once this mod gets finished, what it's like, if it's kind of similar to Biome Bundle in terms of its different biomes, the areas that it can generate being different and how they blend. Because one of the fun things about Minecraft is that, yes, you can have a mesa next to an ice spikes and somehow they coexist. But we'll see what... Uh, what MC Pittman is capable of. Let's move on yeah. to chunk mail, because despite the fact that we cleared out our chunk mail inbox in the last episode of 2018, we have had some more mail, and I think you've yeah. got a couple of things that uh, you wanted us to read. The first one comes from Th Thomas Dragonflash. Dragflash, excuse me. Minecraft names, there's always, there's always a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Thomas Dragflash. Uh, Dear Spawn Chunk Loaders. Cool, cool address. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Hong Kong, which is also very cool. I have been listening to your podcast since Johnny advertised it on the Hermitcraft Recap and this uh, New Year episode. I really enjoy listening to you chatting about Minecraft while I play or even just on my way to work. I was watching one of Exumavoid's snapshot videos, the one about the last snapshot for 2018, which I believe is 18W50A, if I'm yeah. not correct. Yeah, um, yeah. And included all the new villager skins and the little belt buckle things that represent trading levels. For some reason, this reminded me of Tango Tech's Better Villagers mod, which he designed himself. What do you think of the new villagers? Should they stay as farmable, fragile trading stations that they are currently, or be more like the player in certain mods? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. I hope that no matter what happens, that villagers will continue to be a part of the game for better or worse t uh thanks so much for the very thoughtful uh email t mm -hmm. very very cool uh i can just say that i'm okay with villagers not getting too overly complicated however uh i think it would be a little bit more interesting and a little bit less frustrating if their movement was not so random 
Yeah. Uh, like if, if there was a mining villager that you knew was going to be going back and forth to a mine or a farming villager that you knew was going to be going back and forth to a farmland from their homestead or whatever, if they had kind of built in paths, because not only would it be cooler to see a little bit more immersive, uh, but also I think it would introduce more mechanics in the game to exploit and control for the technical players. So if you have a villager that always wants to get to a farm and you want him to either get there or not get there, if you can control his path, maybe have him walk over a trap, you know, a, a trap door or a, a pressure plate or something, then you could have a vill villager controlling other things. You know, yeah. and it's purely going to be on the day-night cycle as to like, or the farm cycles to when he harvests crops, he's also going to, you know, call forward a, mi a mine cart that's going to collect those crops or the fun stuff that you could hook to villager AI. And I think that a, a more improved, um, I guess, version of that would be, would be really cool. But uh, other than that, I don't know enough about the workings of, of villagers and all that kind of stuff, like say Tango Tech and Exubavoid to really voice a detailed opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I'm still holding out for them potentially having some sort of interaction with these new blocks like the grindstone and the barrels and oh, so yes. forth. Like if, if if it turns out that a blacksmith always goes back to a blast furnace at the end of the day, then that's perfect for me because that's, again, like you said, something that you can exploit and control. And call me boring if you like, but I do like villagers as just a trading opportunity. I like them to have a little bit less agency over their surroundings because say imagine like you have a lumberjack villager that villager actually goes and actively seeks out wood to chop down and somehow it manages to ignore stuff that is placed naturally as part of the village like those wood borders that you get around farms like i can imagine mm. a, a villager that's programmed to seek out wood logs and chop them <laughs> down just destroying a farm while the farmer looks on aghast but um yeah Im Im imagine the same thing happening if you wanted to build something new next to the village and then suddenly this minor villager had come along and taken away all your cobblestone blocks from the house you were trying to build you know there's yeah. there, there are you know ups and downs to all this kind of stuff and it's probably something that with a little bit of extra coding and some more intelligent you know look at the game design you could probably prevent them from doing stuff like if, if you tagged everything with this was placed by a player don't touch it then yeah potentially that could be the case but then you have to do that in the code and how much does that complicate things yeah, yeah. i i think I think I like villagers the way they are now. I'm open to seeing what Moyang has to do with villagers. Like, they still plan on overhauling trading and making the AI more intelligent. None of that has happened yet. They've just had a costume change. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the the first part of 2019 is going to be interesting when it comes to seeing what they're planning on doing with villagers next. And yeah. I think until then, I'm probably going to reserve my opinion <laughs> because, yeah, I... I I, I like the idea of having villagers be more like kind of NPCs and quest givers and stuff, but the mods I've seen do that get a little bit irritating. The villagers kind of follow you around. They kind of spam the chat with text when they're trying to talk to you. Nobody has right. quite got it right yet. I think Tango is probably the closest so far, but I don't know if anybody has really got something that I'd be interested in implementing in my own world as far as mods go quite yet. Mm. But then I'm, I'm a like stickler for default Minecraft anyway, so that's well, just yeah. my, my kind of cup of tea. I know that Moyang would never do it, but I do like the idea of if you had a lumberjack v villager, if part of his UI would be to aim him at a certain set of blocks, you know, like you click on the target, you know, uh, icon and then you place it on the ground and he only, only harvests trees from that, you know, eight by eight or 16 by 16 block. And maybe that gets larger as you upgrade the villager or stuff like that. But that gets into automation that I know that the Moyang won't do because they, they want the player to do all the mining. They don't want, you know, 
block breaking is not an automated thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's very few things that you can automate in terms of creating blocks, but most of the time it involves collecting block parts like say prismarine and then you still have to assemble the stuff yourself you know like yeah. you have to have a squid farm and a guardian farm to make dark prismarine or black uh, is it dark prismarine dark prismarine yeah yeah um, that kind of thing so that's sort of thing so there still has to be some sort of player interaction you can't get to the absolute end product fully automatically uh however that said uh i feel like there could be some fun um like trades with villagers where as opposed to just getting emeralds or or that kind of thing if you could start to trade blocks like you know maybe you're in a place where your mesa is really hard to find or really far or maybe you don't have one but if you had a villager that would trade you terracotta for a huge amount of x whether it's wood or stone or something you still have to go grind like you still have to go get a chest full of this stuff uh but if you could trade a stack of stone for half a stack of terracotta that might be worth you know not having to travel eight thousand blocks to a mesa yeah, uh, yeah. I, that kind of thing i think would be interesting and not necessarily break kind of moyang's i guess mission statement of like you know player interaction with the world and and one for one sort of thing yeah so I, I, I that, to... that could be kind of cool but that just plays on the stuff about trading that we don't know Yes, absolutely. Uh, moving on, we got another email here. There's more of a tip from LJM Decker, who said, Hey, Joel and Pixel Riffs, I wanted to tell you something I learned from a stampy video about the Ender Dragon fight. When you try and get the caged end crystals, mine out an iron bar, throw an ender pearl, and then break the crystal, because if you fall off, you don't end up dying of full damage. You just end up ender pearling to another location. I enjoy your podcast and keep doing a great job. So thanks for the tip. Uh, it was cool getting getting a lot of people having feedback about our Ender Dragon episode because we had the email from Bexy in the Junk Mail episode about how uh, their team kind of faced off against the dragon. So yeah, always good to get new tips. It's uh, <laughs> not one I thought of because when I first fight the dragon, I've usually used up all of my Ender Pearls just like opening the portal to the end. And after that, when I come back and do the Ender Dragon fight a bunch more times, it's a bit more of a clinical process. I've got my kind of patterns down. I've got ladders already built up most of the towers. So I just mm -hmm. need to add in the few blocks to the top where it kind of explodes and so forth. So, uh, yeah. How about you? Have you have you used this trick before? I haven't, but it just reminded me that I don't use Ender Pearls as often as I should. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got these I've got these towers now that are in the end that I use uh, with our, you know, other server mates to fight the dragon. And I could probably Ender Pearl back and forth, you know, from tower to tower or from, you know, one caged crystal to the other caged crystal if I had a decent enough shot. Um, something that's worth noting in the end is that if your Ender Pearl does not impact something, then you don't teleport into the void. So if you throw one off a cliff, nothing happens. It mm -hmm. has to actually hit something. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I mean, you could Ender Pearl into an Enderman, which would be bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, not, but, so, not so good know. there. So, um, but yeah, like I just, it just reminded me like, yeah, that's a really good point of like the damage that you take from an Ender Pearl would be far less than the damage that you take from falling off a very tall obsidian pillar in that fight. Um, I even just reminded myself, I was like, you know, when I go to f harvest trees and I do those two tall spruce trees, there's an old trick where you, you throw an ender pearl up and then you bone meal spruce saplings in a four by or a two by two area. And then when the tree grows, your, your ender pearl hits it on the way back down and <laughs> you're you just on top, on top of the tree. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I keep on, I always forget about that. And it's something that I, I did for a little bit over the, I mean, one of the things I was doing over the holidays was a little bit of grind work and just, you know, sitting there and harvesting some trees. I was like, man, I forgot how cool this is. Like, it's not... <laughs> 
it's not groundbreaking, but it's it's when you forget that it's it's something that you can do with ender pearls. You're like, oh yeah, this is actually a much more fun way to just grind through trees. It's like a trick so, shot kind of thing as well. You're just like, yeah. watch this, hop, and then yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Spawn a tree in front of you, and immediately you're on exactly. top of it. Exactly, so, it's fun. So yeah, and I mean ender pearls. I think if anybody has any other really unique ways that they use ender pearls in their Minecraft play, then let us know because I'm I'm curious now. Etho in some of his earlier videos used enderpearls as like a transition so like he would make a cut right as he threw an enderpearl <laughs> and then when he landed he would be somewhere else and I like nice. that as, as a concept like it, as, as far as transitioning from video to video you can do some flashy editing stuff with that but uh, I did that once I think in my latest Vastin video or one of my latest Vastin videos where I threw an enderpearl just because there was a couple of creepers coming towards me I was like nope see ya bye <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm I, cut, I cut to the other location when it landed <laughs> nice yeah, that's uh, that's always fun, especially if you can leave that little like pitch noise that it makes when it hits. If you can kind of edit that sound so that it overlaps the next clip, it can yeah. be kind of really, really interesting. But yeah. yeah, that's cool. So moving on to our discussion topic for this week, we're going to keep this relatively short because as mm -hmm. usual, we've we've spent a little while catching up. It's been a few weeks since we've actually chatted to each other, so it's been nice to uh, to just chat. And one of the things we wanted to chat about is what we have plans for in Minecraft in 2019. New Year's is kind of time when everyone wants to make a fresh start, and sometimes that includes Minecraft worlds. I imagine there are people out there who start a new Minecraft world January 1st of the new year and then see what they can do in a year. And that might be kind of a fun project now that I talk about it. So maybe I'll look into doing that, but I'll have to wait until next year to start it. So I'll have to write that one down. But anyway, uh, everyone likes to make a fresh start in Minecraft every now and again. And we want to talk a little bit about why and is there a way to do the fresh start kind of feeling without losing all of that hard work on a world, which I think is something you guys can speak to on the Vastan server, considering that that's fix its ethos with making everything in one world, but just kind of moving to a new area. Also, mm -hmm. what are our goals for Minecraft this year? And what are we looking forward to? How about we start with that? Well, from a broad sense, because we did mention quite a bit about Hytale and the news, I am looking forward to Minecraft Dungeons because yes, I believe yes. it's coming out in 2019. And so that I'm looking forward to, to seeing where that goes. Um, uh, an additional game to play on Twitch, something to, to talk with the community about. Uh, more news for this show. I'm not yes. going to complain about that either. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm optimistically curious uh, about that game. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, also, I'm also looking forward to seeing what changes they do actually make in 1.14. We do a yep. lot of speculation about Minecraft and snapshots and stuff on the Spawn Chunks. And when I look ahead to Minecraft... I can't say that I'm excited. I don't necessarily think that the changes that they're making to Minecraft in 1.14 are as exciting as, say, 1.13 was. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm curious. I'm curious to see how much they're going to listen to the community. I'm curious to see how much they've not told us, because that seems to be part of the course where they just they talk about all this other kind of stuff. And when then we release a snapshot, like one of the coolest things that's in it, it's like, you, you didn't mention this at all. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. Like yeah, the new yeah. crafting blocks. like So stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what's around the corner there and how that's going to affect my plans for, for 2019. Uh, personally, I mentioned this on my stream yesterday and get a, got a little bit of an overview on it. Uh, so if you're curious about that, stay tuned for either the, the VOD on Twitch or I'll be posting it on YouTube as well. Uh, but taking lessons that I picked up from playing on Vastin uh, and from watching uh, a little bit of Vintage Beef's uh, server setup and how cool his setup is for his Patreon thing, uh, I'm taking some inspiration from both of those and combining them into something for the Citadel where... I don't want to reset the Citadel. The, the longer that we've played and whenever I enter into a realm or find myself far away from, you know, our main hub, 
I get frustrated when I'm, I run out of stuff. I was like, oh God, how am I out of stone? Like, I don't want to go mine more when I know I've got double chest upon double chest mm-hmm. of this stuff back at certain bases. So rather than resetting the world, but still wanting that fresh new landscape feel, I thought that what we would do was take uh, the the center of the overworld in the Citadel is, is marked at 1-1, like X1, Z1. And there's nothing there but another portal. Like I just, I found it. I thought it'd be cool to stick a, you know, obsidian pillar on it and be like, yeah, cool. There's a spot. Uh, But now I have an idea about what to do with it. And on Vastin, they use boats and fast travel to move many thousands of blocks uh, away and have these kingdoms be set up and be very far from one another. But in doing that, they don't lose all their infrastructure. You can still go to the end to repair your gear in a few minutes. Like you can still... If you need blaze rods, you can go find the blaze farm and go get them. Like you're not starting at ground one. You have access to so many materials, which means it takes that early game grind out of Minecraft. And if you don't enjoy that, if you just want to build, then you can just go at it. And seeing how quickly this new uh, kingdom in Vastin is coming together, even over the holidays when people weren't playing very much, it's really kind of a testament to how well that system works when you are a group of players that does not want to reset the world, but wants to create something new. So on the Citadel, I'm going to be learning more about command blocks and the capabilities that are in vanilla Minecraft, maybe not default, but you know, things that are in the game that I can, I can access. I want to create some player generated portals or mechanisms to explain how you're getting from one place to another. And I want to create different areas on the server that are designated as futuristic or you've traveled in time to the year 3012 or uh i know it's kind of cliche but i've not done a medieval you know um fantasy world outside of vastin but like i've not done one of my own i've not done one on the citadel um Matcast on the citadel wants to do a steampunk you know area and what we could do is build those far enough away that they are never going to overlap you're not going to run into having your steampunk next to your you know futuristic world uh and break that kind of level of immersion but the fast travel means that you can always go back to the Dartmouth Meadows. You can always get back to the Ender Ender and, you know, the the different farms that we have. So you're not going to be sore for materials. Uh, if you die, you can get back up and geared up, no problem. Uh, you can get more Elytra, that sort of thing. And I think the combination of playing on Vastin with custom recipes, custom texture packs, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? The data packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like trying to learn more about that kind of stuff and I don't want to say exploit it, but incorporate it into the Citadel. And that's kind of where my head is at for the Citadel. It's going to be a bigger project, but it's not something I have to accomplish in 2019. It's more like, this is going to be a fun thing to get going and just kind of see where it lands. You know, have four to eight different portals at this main hub, have them take you to different places and have the quote unquote lore be similar to like, you know, DC's multiverse or, mm-hmm. you know, traveling through space time or something. Just enough to be have like, you know, I'm on the Citadel server, but I'm going to be building in the Darklands. And I don't know what that means, but it means that <laughs> nothing that I've built in the Citadel has to matter. I can have a, I can even have a custom texture pack. Like maybe everything is dark and spooky like Tim Burton, you know, and it's just like, it's just going to be a fun area to build in like once a year in Halloween. I don't know. Uh, but we're kind of, we're kind of discussing it as a community and kind of seeing where we're going to go from there. Um, and that kind of leads me into my other artistic thing that's tied in the Minecraft is I'd like to get better with um, texture packs. I won't talk about it too much because I talked about it at the top of the show, but I'd like to start developing my 
my knowledge of texture packs and how they work and having some fun with some pixel art. And uh, if you are in the futuristic world, then there's no real need for something like a cauldron or a torch. Whereas, you know, if you're in a medieval world, there's no need for an end rod. So I might be able to come up with some cooler things um, to replace those. Uh, not for when you're in the meadows, but like specifically, this is a texture pack for when you go through, you know, the 3012 portal. I don't know. It's it's all kind of up in the air, but it's exciting. Um, what about you? What are your plans for, for 2019? I would love to keep, for a start, I'd love to keep the Minecraft Survival Guide world consistent just for the sake of the series itself, but I would love to have a persistent world that I play in all the way through the year. Like, I've always ever, I've, I've played on multiplayer servers and stuff like that, but I've never really kept a single player world going for this long and and it's it seems silly to say that because the minecraft survival guide world has only been around for like a couple of months now but my single player worlds are always aside from the ones that i played on xbox where i didn't really have any alternative they're always either creative test worlds or they're a project that i get stuck into for a couple of months and then i kind of ditch it because i'm having more fun playing on a multiplayer server and i miss that interaction again now i've got the kind of motivation of making this a series to explain minecraft to people who've never played or revise people's you know you know already st stuff they've already learned about minecraft then i feel like that has legs now uh, in, in a way that my previous single player worlds have not so i'd love to stay consistent with it throughout the year playing it you know every week and build that up to the level of you know the kind of worlds that i see people like whip and b double o and etho playing when they've got these you know, large expansive kingdoms in their worlds, different projects that they kind of hop back and forth and work on. And I'd like to take on some projects that I've never tried before. I know the theory behind a lot of them, but some of them I've never actually built. Like an iron farm, for example. Like a lot of people mm -hmm. have been just telling me to build an iron farm basically as soon as I encountered villagers. And I was like, slow down a little, guys. But um, I've never built one before. Even though I know how to do it, it's just something that has never been my priority on a multiplayer server because there are other technical players who've got it up and running much faster than i would whereas i'm already kind of building up my my base and so forth at that point likewise a witch farm i've never built anything like that and it's the kind of stuff that i would either work through experimenting with stuff myself in my own time or find a tutorial for and then go heavily into crediting that person for the tutorial because some of that stuff I feel like is still outside of my comfort zone when it comes to, you know, knowledge of technical projects. So I'd like to do a little bit more of that. I'd like to actually build a castle for once because despite Minecraft being the ideal game to build castles in, I've still never done it. And I think it's because I've always thought they were cliche and I built like a castle keep for my one chunk build series and that kind of stuff. But I want to build a castle town this time. I've got this big area of a plains kind of near my farming area that I think is going to be the ideal place for something like that. And I really want to get stuck into a large build project. I have some really great um, tutorial kind of guides um, that, that I've saved from Reddit posts about using negative space when you're building a city and how there can be like little stuff stuck down alleyways that you'd never notice normally if you're just running down the main street. But off to these different sides, you'll find other little interesting things and, and ways to make a city feel like really lived in. I feel like a lot of mm. the stuff I've built before has just been a collection of buildings rather than feeling like a coherent city. And so that's the kind of skill set I want to develop this year. And nice. 
as far as making fresh starts go, this feels like my fresh start. It's mm-hmm. a world I've started from scratch in default. I just kind of went with the seed that I was given. I didn't look into seeds beforehand. And to be honest, if I did, I would probably find one where the Mesa was a little bit closer. But I think <laughs> it's it's nice to have that kind of new server smell, that new world smell for a little bit. But after a while, that kind of becomes like that that either becomes what you live for in minecraft you either do the early game grind a whole bunch because that's what you like and then when it gets to end game you find it gets stale and you give up you've beaten the dragon that's kind of it for you you move on Mm. you reset or for folks like me the end game is the game (laughs) like we we like to build once we've done all of the quote-unquote objectives in minecraft we like to see what's possible after that and I feel like there is so much to explore. I've beaten the Ender Dragon, you know, 25 episodes ago in my series at this point. It's time to just explore everything else in the game. So, yeah, as far as fresh starts go, I've I've had my share of them for now. And I think I'm okay sticking around in this world for the year. Once 1.14 comes out, I'm not going to reset Survival Guide, but we might end up resetting Decidedly Vanilla, depending on how people are feeling about the current world. So there right. may be a fresh start for me there. But... It's always going to put you closer to the newer content when it comes to that stuff, especially on DV where we've chosen a seed that was surrounded by ocean to begin with. That was kind of the point so that we could access Mm -hmm. all of the stuff 1.13 had just introduced. Now everybody's used to that. It's time for 1.14 to put us closer to a tiger where we're going to have campfires and foxes and things or put Mm -hmm. us close to a pillager watchtower or a village or something that we can interact with like that once we know what all of the mechanics are so we know what we want to be closest to. And that's the exciting thing about a fresh start is having access to that newer content, which is why everyone resets whenever a uh, a new version comes out. Yeah, and and something worth noting too is that if you are gonna you know do something like I'm doing with with uh, the Citadel, and you're gonna as a player you're gonna teleport you know ten thousand blocks away. Not that I have to, but that's just to use an arbitrary number. Yeah, I've been going around on um, a, a Java app called Amidst, I think. Yeah. And and looking for specific biomes where like, okay, well, if I want to do a medieval build, maybe I want to do it in a large, large, f- like frost plains, you know, ice mountain biome. So I've been looking for them and I found a couple of really big ones to the point where like render distance would not exceed the biome. Like, yeah, you, you, can't, you can't probably, see from end to end. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be every anywhere in this was just going to look like Viking town, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been looking for that kind of stuff. And uh, to that end, like you can, you can use that as, you know, the fresh start and, and control it a little bit more without having to, to do that, that giant reset. And because you're teleporting that far, those chunks have never been loaded. So, uh, even if you teleport in now and update to 1.14 later, if you haven't walked that far, then anything outside of that biome is potentially going to be generated with 1.14. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so you, you'll find those yeah. new villages and all those kind of fancy new features. Yeah, that's exactly what we did when we. I mean, it was a little bit drawn out because of how long it took for one dot thirteen to drop. But once we heard about one dot thirteen and we knew that we hadn't explored a great deal in one of our directions, I think it was west. We thought, well, let's just not go too far. You know, let's mm-hmm. just let's just wait. And that way, when we did find a coral reef, it wasn't you know ten thousand blocks away. It was only you know one thousand blocks away, which in the Nether is nothing. So, um, like th- that 
really benefited our rollover from 1.12 to 1.13. Because for those people that are new to the spawn chunks that don't know, we didn't reset the Citadel when new when 1.13 came out. So I don't ever intend on resetting the Citadel. I, I like the idea of going forward. I wish that there was, like, I would love to have the time for a single player game. Part of me, it's, I'm kind of thankful I don't have one because I would probably spend too much time in it. Um, but I really enjoy the interaction on some of the, you know, the, the multiplayer stuff that I do on the Citadel. I do also find it's an excellent exercise for me personally with just letting go. Like, you know, when someone builds something or something happens, you know, if you're building this road and then someone builds a house in the way, you're like, well, I just, now I have to figure out how to build the road yeah. around it. You, you, you and like, it's, you release that control. You don't have to feel such a tight level of kind of perfectionism yes, over everything. Ex exactly. And I mean, it goes the other way too, because I play a lot on the server and I find that a lot of people end up asking me like, can I build here? Can I build here? And the answer is like, yes. <laughs> like, yes, do, if, do if, that. If, so, if someone doesn't have a flag in the ground, then yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to encourage that because it's it's an excellent exercise as an artist and as, as a, you know, just even as, as a person to kind of, you know, cooperate and work with other people and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm curious with your survival guide um are you do is there any kind of theme is there any kind of lore that you want to keep in mind as you push forward because if this is going to be a quote-unquote forever world i don't want to put words in your mouth but if this is going to be something that you don't reset with 1.14 are you going to give yourself like a set of guidelines that make sense as to the castle and the and the city next to your you know original minecraft house it's not something I've worked out yet, but it's it's a concept I've introduced in the series quite early, is think about the story that your world is telling as you build stuff. You know, so the, mm. the wheat field and the farm that I've got set up right now has a kind of story to it, even if the story is just, hey, this is this one guy who's been maintaining this wheat field for a long time, and he is the keeper of this farm. So the district I've got all of my farms and stuff in is going to be more of an industrial thing. And I was thinking about the placement of everything and where I wanted the main city to be and having that be further away from the farm because the castle isn't going to be right by the farm because they you know the the, the lords who live in the castle don't want to be associated with the peasantry who work the land and so stuff like stuff like that is going to go into it and I'm going to try and keep it open-ended more so to inspire the people who are watching the series than to necessarily be telling my own story because I don't want people to imagine that that's the only story they can tell but mm. I think when it transforms a little bit more into like, okay, I've told you everything I really know other than introducing you to new features in the updates, so this is my world now. If that ever happens, which I'm not certain that it will, but if it does, I think that's the point at which I'm going to start introducing more lore elements. But that is probably hundreds of episodes down the line at this point because there's, right. there's a lot to teach in, in Minecraft. Cover, yeah. So yeah, so I'll, I'll see where that goes. But I think having a story in your world is important. And I think that's the kind of thing that I will start to weave in here and there, especially as far as building an entire city goes. If I spend like a week or a month or however long building bits and pieces of a city, I'll probably start to form some sort of story in my own head. And whether or not I choose to share that or not through the videos yeah. is another thing. But I think I'll probably have some sort of sense of where everything should be myself. Mm -hmm. I even I even think, you know, as as a player, it's, it's beneficial to set up some sort of guidelines, even if it's just giving yourself like a general timeline of like, when is that, when do I want to set this world? Like Minecraft with bows and arrows and swords kind of points itself into an older, you know, time period. And if you don't want to do that and you want to stick strictly to something more modern or even more futuristic and like not you specifically, but just kind of players in general, then I think that really goes a long way, especially for new players where you can just be like, okay, well, if it's all sci-fi, then I have to think about what I'm doing this way. But if it's all, you know, medieval and ancient and the world is 
hundreds of thousands of years old, then uh, I can think about something in a completely different way. And I, I think it influences your build. And as as a professional artist, and you know, in some cases, I've had the role as art director. That is just so important to have that kind of like, even if it's just one sentence, that unifying vision. Um, I just find it it alleviates that you know the the block block of like I don't know what to do next. You know, whereas if you've got this theme or this idea then you can just you really give yourself more inspiration not less if that makes any sense absolutely and it'll be great to hear people's opinions about what they're going to do in 2019 like get in touch with us on email talk to us in the discord we would love to hear from you guys but i think that's our show for today you're going to wrap up another episode of the spawn chunks you can find out more information about the show and links to some of the things we talked about today on the the music for the show was composed by me and the spawn chunks is proud to be a listener supported podcast if you get some value out of the show if you've been enjoying listening to us if you've been champing at the bit to hear a new episode for the new year why not consider putting some value back into the show by supporting us on patreon at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks you can join our community and pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons only discord chat and get us closer to our next goal which is actually going to involve the patrons themselves we plan to have a quarterly patron hangout where people can get involved chatting to us directly discuss the direction of the show and we can get some feedback from the people who support us we currently have 45 patrons which is absolutely fantastic it's great to start the year with this much support but there is always room for more spreading the word about the show is one of the best ways that you can support us it costs you nothing to just share the podcast with your friends one of the easiest ways to do that is by sharing us on twitter or instagram it's just the spawn chunks on both platforms but a personal recommendation also goes a long way that includes just you know talking to your server mates maybe posting on a forum or your own discord if you enjoy the spawn chunks share us around uh we're still growing and we'd love to have more people coming into the fold uh or you know people give me a hard time if i don't mention it poke friend in the arm and, and tell them they should listen you can contact the show at the at gmail.com let us know what you're doing for 2019 and what you think about hightail and what you think about minecraft dungeons because that stuff seems to be coming up super fast uh, you can subscribe on the you can also uh, find us on itunes android stitcher and spotify the rss feed is on the website the patron only rss feed is on the patreon page and that is the only place that you can listen to the render distance which is the extended version of the podcast my name is Pixorifs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. I stream three days a week on Twitch, where I play a variety of other games, and aside from that, I'm at Pixorifs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I am doing online is at joelduggan.com, including my illustration and design portfolio. If you are interested in hiring me, then just drop me a line. If you like this show, you may also like the Citadel Cafe or Comics Coast to Coast, two additional podcasts that I do. One is about sci-fi and geeky entertainment. The other one is an interview show about comic creators, illustrators, and animators. You can follow me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram with just my name, Joel Duggan. I released a new episode of The Realm of Vastin this morning, and it's pretty unique. Uh, the Realm of Vastin has a dimensions sister server where a number of people from Fixit's um, Discord are building in a cloned copy of the World Seed, and so Fixit and I joined a couple of the creators over there to check out some of the builds. It's a three-parter. Uh, I'm really excited about part two, which is coming out soon. Uh, there was a huge build in the Nether, like it was mind blowing. Uh, these <laughs> folks have got so much time it makes me jealous. But check it out; they're working really hard and they're doing some really really cool stuff. And that's over on my YouTube channel. 
Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, and about 0.01% of the floor is lava.